Welcome to Sages Among Us on KVMR 89.5 FM. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people and what they do and why they do it and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. I'm your host, Kimberly Ewing, on tonight's Sages Among Us. And with me is Melinda Doris. She is the program manager of the Child Advocates of Nevada County. Um, Some community members might know it as CASA. And we're going to be talking to her about her background and how she came to be the program manager at the Child Advocates of of Nevada County. And particularly important to me as a teacher, it's important to hear about the children of our of our uh, Nevada County. So I'm looking forward to um, inviting her on. And so, hello. hello, Melinda, are you there? I'm here. Hi, thank you Hi, so much. For, so thanks so much for joining us tonight. Um, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so the Sages Among Us, as as many who are listening know, is about our community members and what they do for um, everybody here. And tonight, it's special because of it's a special place in my heart because of children. And um, I guess my, I'd love to hear sort of your story about how, in general, did you come to be? I mean, maybe tell me a little bit about your background. How did you start? Um, and maybe a little bit about who you are as, as the program manager there. All right. Well, thank you. Um, I, I was um, one of four kids in a great family with um, two educator parents. My mom was a teacher. My dad was a um, elementary school principal. And uh, he was also a full-time, he kind of had two full-time jobs, um, classical musician. So I grew up in a very rich, youth-supporting, classical music-saturated milieu. I didn't know it at the time that it was anything um, unusual, but... In looking back, um, I had a pretty rich environment to be in. So it I'm sounds very, like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots, lots of passion in your family. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. Right. And were you just for fun? Were you the the middle, the the oldest, the youngest? I was the middle. One of three boys. I have three brothers. The only girl. So. Yeah, you know, I had to have skills. <laughs> of course you did. And as the middle, you're always the mediator or the negotiator, as, as far right. as I understand. <laughs> right, right. Wow. Good. Well, tell us a little bit about um, how you came to be or, or your background uh, as you became an adult into your life and, and into community work. Well, I, um, I grew up as a... Um, a really avid reader. I I was maybe an obsessive reader. I just read and read and read. And um, I was always really attracted to stories about orphans and disabled kids and kids, you know, lost on a desert island and all kinds of things that that actually, interestingly, are reflective of my work now. Right. Um, And when I, uh, when, after we got married, my husband and I had two children and then we decided we wanted to adopt and so we ended up over a period of a few years adopting three kids from different situations and um and they really you know of course changed our lives immensely i bet children do (laughs) but especially because these kids had come from 
backgrounds of um, neglect and abuse and poverty and mental health and all, you know all the right. all those things that um, often result in adoption. And so we learned a lot about about loss and about um, what trauma does to children. And and of course we were very sensitized because of that to other kids in the community. And so that kind of inaugurated my interest in CASA. At the time I was, I was working for child advocates. They have a, they have three programs. Um, and one of them is a school-based program. And so we were taking puppet shows in schools to teach kids about how to stand up for themselves against bullying and inappropriate touch. And right. I remember that being in the classroom, they would have a puppet show. Mm -hmm. Uh Yeah, that's so, amazing. And at the same time, I loved that program. And um, at the same time, though, you know, my ears were sort of uh, trained on the CASA office across the hall. And, and so when that position came open, I was able to move over there and and really able to embrace that, you know, intense interest I have in, in that, you know, in, in, tra- in traumatic experiences that children have in their lives and, oh and how to make it better. For sure. And what I'm hearing from you, too, and maybe our listeners would like to know a little bit more about what is CASA. I know it's an acronym. And then the mm-hmm. Child Advocates of Nevada County. Can you speak to what this is? And um, yes. that would help everybody understand what, yes. what you're doing over there. So CASA stands for Court Appointed Special Advocate. And a CASA is an individual, a community member, a volunteer who has been screened and trained and is supervised to perform a really unique function for a very specific subset of children, and that's um, children in dependency court who have, in most cases, been removed from their homes because they've experienced neglect or abuse and and now have open cases in in the juvenile court. Right. And so... Classes after their training are matched with an individual child, and and their role is to is kind of twofold. One part of their role is to bring that child um, emotional support and mentorship and a a caring, consistent adult presence in their life, and 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 to be a listener and just caring person for them. Um, they also work with social workers, foster parents, attorneys, service providers, you know, all the other people that are involved in that system to help identify and meet any of the child's needs that uh, that they have in, in foster care. And, and then most importantly, in, in a lot of ways, they gather information for the judge about what the child's situation is and, the, and what the child's perspective on his or her situation is. And they submit that to the judge in a court report so that he or she has the best possible information to make the best possible decision for the child during the court case, um, you know, which results in a, in a profound effect on the child's life. Well, absolutely. And I, I remember reading on it that um, the CASA, the advocate for the child, actually connects with their counselors, their, their, parent, their teachers, um, mm-hmm. anybody in their lives that are, are in support of them and having their, their best interests at hand. Um, right. Super important job. Yeah. Yeah. It's an, it's an amazing thing to me that uh, volunteers are afforded that incredible um, that incredible responsibility for for a child, but they are the cost program started was started by a judge in Seattle in 1977 who 
said he didn't have enough information about the children that were before him, and he was making these life-changing decisions for them and just felt like he didn't know the child, and he didn't know anybody who knew the child, you know, or couldn't hear from anybody. And so he conceived of this whole model for advocacy, and it's since grown into a gigantic national program with thousands of of, um, advocates and thousands of hundreds of thousands of children served every year that is so important and it is in each county isn't it melinda mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's, a, they're, it's it's kind of divided up by jurisdiction court jurisdiction so it tends mm-hmm. to be county by county and it, it is in almost every county in california there's a few that don't have cost programs but not very many and then in most most other states i, I think there's a thousand programs nationwide wow Wow, and and if you think about it, it's all those kids in the in the foster program that need all these um, adults that are the role models that they can look to 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 be safe and have a place that they feel they can trust. Yeah, right. Yes, exactly. Wow, it's so important. And when I when I look to if anybody is listening um, to be a casa, from what I understand is you don't have to be a social worker or a lawyer, um, just interest in a child and then also learn about the court systems, which you guys stand by them the whole time, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we we have causes from all walks of life. Um, they just need to be open-minded and, mm-hmm. and be able to bring a neutral, objective perspective and to be able to listen to other people because, you know, there's a lot of competing interests, obviously, in a, in sure. a case like that. And, and they have to be able to understand and respect all sides of of the debate in a way and and um and still then advocate for what they feel like is in the child's best interest and they won't really know what the child's best interests are unless they have that open mind so it's challenging it's challenging it's an emotional situation but you have to bring some real um mature thinking to it Right. So, you, and a lot of people are so qualified to do that. You know, they don't have to have a background in law or social work. Right. They just have stretch. to be they have to just be that that child's advocate and and uh, neutral <laughs> setting so that they can yeah. make it good decisions for this emotional situation. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, and they have to work collaboratively with there's so many people involved, right? There people are usually shocked at how many people are involved in one child's case there's just so many you know there's therapists and attorneys and you know social workers and all kinds of people um and you have to be able to work collaboratively and understand you know who whose role is belongs to who that's right yeah i mean obviously this is why this organization is so important to this community would you say that being a rural community that we are is is this even more important because things are a little bit more separated or isolated what do you think about that uh, I think I think in some ways yes, but I think across the board that children who are in in a situation where they're neglected or abused are by nature uh, they're isolated. Whether yeah. or not they're in a city or a rural area, they're they just tend to be isolated. That's kind of part of the nature of things, and so I think. Um, I think causes are needed in every setting, everywhere. I mean, I, 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 it's great for um, one of the one of the advantages of a rural community. Actually, in our situation, is that there are fewer kids in dependency, and so we can serve more of them. Oh. We're one of one of the only um, programs, if not the only, um, in the state that serves all 
100% of children in dependency. And that's really unusual. A lot of CASA programs are at, you know, 5%, 10%, 15%. Um, because they just have such huge numbers of kids in the in the system, and we don't so much. So that's a real advantage. Um, you know, the people step up and can can really fill that gap completely. Okay, so what you're saying is you have enough um, that you are covering every child's needs. Where in a bigger city, maybe there's there's a waiting list almost. Or there oh, there's be... a huge waiting list. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that is so yeah. sweet for our our community to be served like that. Um, mm-hmm. How is the community better because people support this organization? Well, I think um, these are the most vulnerable kids yeah. in the community, in my view, right? I mean, I agree. Who is more vulnerable. Um, and I think it, it brings healing to a lot of people when a cost is involved. I mean, sometimes causes develop really supportive, positive relationships with the parents yep. as they are hopefully going in into recovery. And just the example of someone who volunteers to care about their child. I mean, that's, yeah. that's kind of a significant thing to, to see in it with, for a parent. Um, and I, I just think the, the connection and the, and the healing that can take place on so many levels between so many entities who would never otherwise meet is pretty great. I agree. I, I agree. I see that a lot. Well, and when you have all of these people that care, uh, it feels like everybody steps up to be their best self or at least tries. Right. And that's totally. also for the families and everybody involved. Yeah, um, I'm so impressed by what CASAs do for these kids. Yeah. I mean, it's just... I, you know, I kind of like to shout it from the rooftops. I mean, the the confidentiality, you know, is so high with these cases as it should be. Sure. But gosh, these classes are phenomenal. They just do such great things for these kids. And they're, and they're, and they know nobody's going to talk about it. Yep. (laughs) They're they're unsung heroes, truly. They are. (laughs) Oh, well, and I love that. And I mean, honestly, when it comes to you as the program manager, Melinda, what is it that motivates you to, to give so much of your time and energy to CASA and the Child Advocates of Nevada County? Well, I think, I mean, I think the genesis of it is my own experience with my own kids, you know, because I so clearly see what can happen in a child's life when they have someone who's caring and consistent and they're secure and they're loved and, you know, the healing that can happen because of that. Yeah. Um, But the depth of their need and, and how broken they can be. Yeah. Um, but I also see it working. I mean, I've, I've seen so many kids, uh, you know, they come in their off, uh, into our office and a lot of times we can provide activities like um, swimming lessons and, you know, gymnastics. And so they get to participate in things that they never probably would have otherwise. And they're so tickled and so thrilled and you can just see them growing and learning and getting excited and they love being with their costs and they're having a great time. I mean, that just... That is like the most satisfying thing to to watch. So sure. I, I get a lot of even as difficult as difficult as some of the stories are and sure. some of the work is, I get so much back from it. I know, and and knowing that you can put your head down on that pillow every night, saying I did the I did something to right. make a difference today. <laughs> right. Um, right. I, I know a lot of people say, how do you how do you do it? How do you read those terrible stories? And they are terrible stories, of course. But I just have to focus on you know because we made one kid's life a little bit better today. That's right. And, 
otherwise, you know, yeah, we wouldn't have. Right. If not us, who? Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I used to work for a local nonprofit as well. And and that mentorship that you were talking about, where you expose them to different things like a college trip, thinking that maybe college could be in their Mm -hmm. future or a swimming lesson, which they never was able to ever do. Those are other great um, ways for them to have relationships with community, with other adults. And it just builds that repertoire of people that they can trust and again the community themselves are just all in one you know Um, that's so true yeah i just want to remind our listeners that you're listening to sages among us with melinda doris and we are talking about the child advocates of nevada county or the um i believe you called it the appointed special advocates Court-appointed special advocates. Got it. Yeah. So CASA is one one program of three of, of child advocates programs. So they have the Child Safety Puppeteers. They have Healthy Babies, which is a mentorship program for um, parents of, of very young babies, and, um, and then CASA. So we have three different programs with kind of three different focuses. Right. And I love I love the one I was telling you before as a school teacher. I remember um, that they tell us a little bit about that one, about um, the child safety, you know, um, sacred, sacred touch. And, yeah, the puppeteers. Right, and right. You, you would have teenagers come in, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Tell, yeah. tell us a little yeah. bit about that. So the way it's structured is um, we we go to the high school and we recruit um, high school kids to be the puppeteers and they read off of scripts behind a little stage and, and you know, manipulate the puppets and, and they're great at it and they have so much fun with it. Mm-hmm. And um, and they and then as a team, they go into a, a an elementary school or a preschool and they'll put on these shows and there's a facilitator, an adult facilitator in front that's kind of interacting with the kids and helping advance the story. And then the, the high school kids are in the back and they're singing songs and, and uh, you know, doing putting on this great little show. And then at the end, they come out with the puppets and the kids are just dazzled. They Right. I mean, you bring a teenager into a you know, second grade classroom, and it's like you've brought, you know, celebrities, <laughs> celebrities, absolutely. Yeah, so they're, they have fun meeting the kids. And, and as the facilitator, one of the things that I noticed um, is how much the high school kids benefited from not just the experience of doing the show, but from the information itself, because mm-hmm. it gave them words themselves to understand how to talk to people about, about, inappropriate touch you know and how to talk eventually and probably not that long in the future to their own kids about um about inappropriate touch and how to keep yourself safe and who do you trust and who could you talk to and you know right um, and self-advocacy yeah they they also Mm -hmm. remember i remember them talking about self-advocacy and and like standing up for for bullying too which was that's pretty impressive and, and and important in these days too wouldn't, yes. you, wouldn't you agree? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a wonderful program. I know. I loved it. I hope um, maybe, you know, now it'll, it'll come back into the schools in the fall. I know it's been strange I, with COVID, yeah. but. Right, right. We had a little take a COVID hiatus. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to figure it out. Well, Melinda, I really wanted to interview you because you are the person that helps all of this move so smoothly and make everybody, you know, feel supported in this program that's so important. I want to ask a personal question, if that's okay. Is there something in your life? I mean, you kind of talked about your kids, but is there a watershed moment in your life that you can pinpoint, maybe even younger, 
is why you deeply are so deeply involved in, in helping a community be better. You know, I, I don't know that I can point to one watershed moment. I mean, I think it's kind of a lot of little moments building sure. up over time. Just, you know, I grew up in a family of faith and I had a phenomenal support system and I got old enough to turn around and go, wow, that's not normal. That's not typical, right? I mean, I was the beneficiary of so much. And so I, I was just inspired to, you know, to do some, do something with it. Yeah. How long have you been doing this, by the way? Um, 10 years with CASA and then a couple of years with the Puppeteers. Wow. How did you actually engage with that? How did you begin to come into that? To puppeteers? Just, yeah, just in general with, with the program. Um, you know, I just, I actually had a friend who was working um, as the puppeteers director. She was leaving the job. She called me and said, hey, go apply for that job. You'd be good at it. Oh, so that's great. I did. And to my surprise, I got it. And, and it kind of rolled out from there. You know, Casa sort of became a natural step from the puppeteers program. and. Mm-hmm. And I just and I and I you know love both of those programs. I so. do too. I do too. And I mean, maybe someday I'll be a casa too. I've always considered I, I'm an advocate for kids naturally, and mm-hmm. so maybe someday mm-hmm. when I have more time, I'd love to do that. Right. Yeah. Um, if great. on that note, if there's any listeners that would be interested in in learning more, where it, could they go to find out more? The easiest place to go is uh, www.considercasa.com. Okay, ConsiderCasa. Yeah, ConsiderCasa.com, and that takes you into our website. It's just easier to 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 uh, remember than our our website name. Um, and they can get information. They can fill out a little uh, interest form, and then I will respond to them. And follow up. Great. So you're the main uh, contact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a um, training starting in October, first week of October, mm-hmm. and oh, great. so we hope to to get a new class rolling and and get some new people. Okay, so you're having a new sort of enrollment of of casas in October. You said. Yeah, we do. We do. We train tw- twice a year because the cases are really long. I mean, they can last from anywhere from. Uh, a minimum of about 18 months to, you know, sometimes five years. Wow. And, um, yeah. And so once you're matched with a child, you're, you're likely to be with that child for quite a while. And right. so, um, so we continue to bring new people in and, yep. um, so we do that twice a year and, and our fall training's coming, coming, our coming way. up. Okay, good. Give us the yeah. website one more time. Yeah. Would you please? Uh, consider com. Okay. And CASA, C-A-S-A, like... Yeah. Mi casa. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so we're kind of coming to the end, Melinda, but um, I'd love to learn a little bit more about you. What are some examples of some of the needs in the community you'd suggest others could help with? Or um, how can others get involved in the community? What do you say? I mean, can they start small and, and lead up to a casa? Or are there needs within your organization that are dabbling and then can get into more of the the casa or what do you think about all that yeah we well you know kind of pre-covid we had some other volunteer opportunities because we used to run a holiday c store and so we would have people come in and you know man the store for a couple of 
hours, you yeah. know, do a shift during the holidays. And that was awesome because they helped us and they enjoyed it. And so that hopefully that'll be coming back at some point soon. Sure. Um, but a lot of people donate like um, like the Pine Tree Quilt Guild makes these beautiful quilts for our kids. And, mm. you know, sometimes people donate some toys or some clothing or that kind of thing that then we pass on to the kids through birthday presents sure. or just financial donations that we use for summer camps and, um, you know, summer clothes. And uh, there, there's just such a range of needs for the kids. So yeah. it's great to be able to provide some of those. So those are kind of, you know, entry level um, volunteer opportunities. I mean, I, I just think across the board, there's so many organizations in Nevada County that are, that are great. And I just think you, I think the key is to follow your heart, you know, like what really lights you up Is mm-hmm. it senior citizens, is it children, is it pets, is it, you know, and then just start there. And, and then I think, you know, take the lead and, and follow it. That's right. And our community has more nonprofits than any other that I know yeah. of. So we're so passionate up here. I love it. Yeah. When when yeah, we talk, I know it is wonderful, and we're so appreciative of what you're doing for Casa and um, the Nevada Advocates of Nevada County. Um, I was wondering what, if 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 people were to like, if you looked at, you know, pie in the sky. What have you? What would be something that you would love to see in the future, or what else? Um, do you see for your organization? Is there something in the works or in the wings, or is there something that you guys are working on in future projects? Um, there's nothing specific right now, just because I think COVID is up sort of. I know <laughs> that kind of thinking for a while, <laughs> but I've always had had it in my heart to have a casa house, you know, a separate house with a kitchen and a backyard and. Um, you know, places to play and computers and the whole nine yards that pe- that kids could come to. Because sometimes classes, you know, they'll take their kids out on an outing, but, you know, when it's 40 degrees outside and raining or snowing yeah. or whatever, it's challenging. And so it would be it would be great to have a place that could accommodate kids of all ages and their classes and, you know, just kind of a, a space. Um, so that's always been bubbling around in the back of my ma- mind. How can I get myself a casa house? Exactly. So. And how appropriately <laughs> named that would be. Right. <laughs> and it seems almost like a, a kid's community center, like where you could, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. have a playground and have places where they, they can be more interactive, but also be supervised by their casa and, and have this right. place of, safety and also a little mm-hmm. bit of, of entertainment and um, yep. I love that idea. Yeah, that's the vision. Well, I am so impressed with everything that you've said, Melinda. We are down to our last few minutes. I just wanted to ask, um, do you have any final thoughts or um, to share about this is clearly a leadership role that you're taking, your civic engagement and you know helping our community in general. Um, do you have anything last thoughts that you would like to share with our listeners? Um, you know, I think it would just be gratitude. I am so grateful for the causes um, in our program. People who step up—it's not—it's not easy mm-hmm. necessarily, and it's—and in some ways, especially when you're getting started, it's—it's kind of scary. But they do it, and they—and they do it because the kids are worth. They're you know worth it, and and they give so much, and they put themselves out there. They're so selfless. Mm-hmm. I just can't say enough about how grateful I am for the work that they do. I mean, I don't, I just, you know, push papers around and organize things, but (laughs) they're out there doing it face to face with these kids. And, 
and uh, and it really makes a difference. And so, and and even the partners, you know, child welfare sure. and schools and the courts and the service providers. I and mean, there's so many people who are genuinely uh, and just hard hard at work trying to make the lives of these kids better. So there's a lot to be grateful for, even though. The situations are tragic. There's there's a ton of people who want to help. So I'm I grateful agree. for that. Oh, thank you for being on our show tonight, Melinda, and making a difference in our community. And for thank our listeners, yeah, thank you. And 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 for our listeners, thank you. And have a good night.